Welcome to the Darcel Andre Podcast, where all sides of me live. Prepare for a turbulent flight through music, spirit, culture, tears, and poetry. If you think you have me figured out, you don't. <laughs> but it's cute that you thought you did. I have always been obsessed with art. Ever since I can remember... Um, Going to private school, we always, well, literally every day we had choir. <laughs> and um, the ability for us to uh, play instruments and make a ruckus and all of that was everything to me. Everything. Now, did I sound the best? I did not. Even when it came to um, drawing or coloring as a kid, I lived. In fact, I was very particular about a color that my kindergarten teacher had stole. And it was a giraffe orange. And I'm screaming because <laughs> my entire brand is made up of this giraffe orange. And so she took this giraffe orange from me and um, she wrote, well, I didn't know she took it. I just knew it was missing. And that was my favorite color. And I was like, where the fuck is my giraffe orange? Well, I get my paperback and it's a grade on there of 100 with the smiley face written in my giraffe orange. I waited until she walked out of the room and I rummaged through her desk and stole my color back. So art clearly has always been very, very important to me. Um, my father was a jazz musician. He played the trumpet and the saxophone. So art in the form of music has always been present for me. Um, I can recall um, him playing his saxophone and him teaching me jazz, um, how to scat sing, um, teaching me notes on the piano and all of this stuff. It was very interesting, though, because at the time that I came around, you know, he was, you know, ill, you know, um, so he didn't have like the lung capacity that he initially had and that you would need to have, you know, as a trumpet player or a saxophone player. But the passion, the passion never left despite what the body did or didn't do. And that kind of fever has followed me throughout my artistic career. And many of y'all know me just from spirituality and from teaching and coaching and reading and all of that, but I am a for real artist. I am in love with aesthetics. Um, I'm in love with all of that. I, I love the ability to create um, an environment, to capture a feeling, to capture a mood with an image, you know, with a pop of a color. Um, I love that. I love the psychology behind color and and uh, balance you know I live for all of that <laughs> I live for it and so um, that fever is something that 
always look for, you know. Um, and if I don't feel that fever for something, I don't do it. Now, that may seem a bit pretentious, uh, you know, as I am not Angela Bassett or I am not um, a multi-million dollar creative director yet. But it's the truth. I think that it is far too intimate and far too spiritual for me to just do stuff for the sake of just doing it. That doesn't even register well in my spirit at all. It has to move me. It has to push me, you know. It has to reflect something, you know, that that people don't talk about. It has to push the boundaries. And that's my artistry and or, you know, me being a Leo, the Pisces rising and the Pisces moon. I'm like, let's go. Let's step out of the box. You know, I feel that um, I have pursued many different forms of there's a plane flying by. Don't y'all know I'm doing a podcast? Please. Let's get that together. Okay, plane. Anyways. (laughs) There is a... um, I've always had this... um, I've tried so many different um, forms of art. From choir and theater to photography to graphic design to video editing to script writing to poetry and I love all of it and I think at the essence of the art is the story it's the story it is the storytelling what is being said what can people learn from this you know who is being represented here and I had the pleasure of witnessing my father when he was both at just at the top of prime and then starting to trickle down. And I will say that is the most beautiful thing that I I, I probably will ever get a chance to witness. The reason why I say that is in theater, you know about the character arc, meaning that a character starts in one place goes somewhere else, and ends up in another, right? So there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And there are things that happen. There are rising actions. There's climaxes, you know. Um, there's our falling actions, resolutions. There are things that, that, that happen that create a full character and a full story. And um, I got to witness that. I got to ask him questions about his childhood and him tell me all of these different things and I got the opportunity to really understand a person and how people work. I had an early, early, early um, opportunity to do like a case study with my dad. I saw how trauma worked. I saw how messages were received. I saw how um, past experiences can weigh more than present experiences. I witnessed all of it. And I'm so grateful for that because that, witnessing my father's rise um, and his decline made me the best artist that I can be. Because in all things I do, I seek. I seek to do that. 
I seek to take someone on a journey. I seek to make someone think outside of, of the mind that they showed up with. I strive to do that because if you're not doing that, what are you, what are you really doing? You know, and I, I acknowledge that there is, you know, art that is simply escapism that is meant to take the person away from the realities, you know, and I think that that has its place. But me as an artist, that's not my thing. That is just not it. <laughs> that's not my thing. I'm not trying to take you out of the reality. I'm trying to put you more in it. And sometimes that can be achieved through like a hyper reality experience, you know. But I just don't like shying away from truth, y'all. I don't like that. I don't like that a little bit. Not not a smidge. I don't like that. In my photography, I play with color so much. Um, I play with emotion. You know, it's always theatrical because, you know, theater or acting is being real under imaginary circumstances. And yet and still, actors will tell you that they will go through characters and, and acting exercises that shift and heal them. And so I don't think, you know, it's imaginary. I think it is spiritual. I think that we are playing with energy here. Acting is. Art is. When you see or witness and experience uh, someone's art, whatever energy they were working with when they made it shifts over to you. It shifts over to you. And you feel it. And now you're processing it. And that is wonderful. And that is causing you to talk about it and spread that energy and transfer that on. It's supposed to do that. Art is supposed to get you to do something else. You know, when Barack Obama was president... You know, there was a lot of people who um, made horrible, racist artwork. Um, it was just horrible, from lynchings to all types of things. And I would argue that they deserve to have their art displayed and seen. Now, you can say, Darcel, what? Here's why. Because they made the artwork that was humiliating and disrespectful and um, just awful and offensive, it caused the other artists to create more art in response to that. So, in a way, that art pushed the other artists, the real artists, the true artists, to respond and create a social change. And so, to me, all art is perhaps not good art or bad art, but necessary to somebody in some time, in some space. If you think about it, the songs, um, songs and music and dance kept 
the ancestors united. It kept them connected. It kept them grounded through art. The singing, the humming, and when the instruments were taken away, they used their hands. When the language was taken away, they hummed and used in healing ceremonies. It's always this jubilee of energy that is ancestral. And those are the type of artists that I am drawn to. You think of artists like Patti LaBelle, who's literally electricity, you know, in a black woman's body. <laughs> she is literally electricity. But every time that she got on the stage or gets on the stage, um, you can look up her concerts live in New York, live one night only, um, you know, any of them, any of those, any of those prime concerts. And it was electricity in that woman's voice because when she sung, she didn't sing just because it's fun to do. She sung from a deeper, spiritually elevated place. And to me, that's what makes the artwork so uh, good when it is coming from an otherworldly place, when it's coming from an, another realm, if you will. And even if that doesn't translate, like, it's, even if the art is not like, this is my spiritual journey. I wrote this about my, or I created this because of my childhood experience with it. It doesn't matter. That doesn't have to be explained. It's felt because it's energy. And that for me is everything. And I know I've said everything a thousand times in this, but it's true. It's absolutely true. I think of the scripts that I've written and I know exclusively I've written those scripts Um as a way to hmm, express my emotions. I'm a very emotional um, writer. Double Pisces energy again, that's why. I'm a very emotional writer. And so when I write, I always have to finish it all and then come back and be like, okay, Darcel, everybody doesn't have to die. Okay, <laughs> it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that intense, but nonetheless, I got the energy out. And so um, it achieved its goal. And, you know, some people, mm, you know, when we talk about films and we talk about, for instance, slave movies, I want to know what are y'all thoughts on, on slave movies you know, I even hate that they just call them slave movies, <laughs> but that's what the people say. The people just say, I'm tired of them slave movies. <laughs> I don't know. I I think that um, the movies have to have something other than slavery because we already know that. We already know that they were slaves. We already know... Um, the horrific aspect of the abuse. We know that. But how did they establish romance? How did they, you know, keep comedy and laughter alive? What were the jokes that they would play on the plantation? What were the relationships between the people, between the fathers and the sons, the mothers and the daughters, the mothers and the sons, the sisters, the brothers? What was that? And I think that people tend to not push that boundary enough. They don't they don't really push that enough to really get down to the depths 
of a person. These are humans in inhumane circumstances. And so in that, you search for humanity in any way you can. So let's talk about that. Let's see that. And so that's my thoughts on the slaves on the slave movies. But I just feel like um, to just say discard them and, you know, or even, you know, they say it's like trauma porn. That's the word they use um, when it is either a slave movie or it's black people going through some really harsh circumstances. Um, some people didn't like Precious because they were like, could life really be that bad? But the reality is, yes. <laughs> yes. And you know me, I'm a truth seeker. Yes. Life can really be that bad. They say, why can't we have shows and things like 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 um white characters and white movies have? Why don't we have those predicaments? Because <laughs> going on an all expense paid trip um to another state with fifteen people flying out and then accidentally leaving one kid in the mansion at home is an example of white privilege. <laughs> that's not a black experience. That's not a black typical experience. You want a home alone story with black people? It's not like, I mean, like, come on, y'all. <laughs> black people, black people have more things, more serious matters to worry about. And the black mother wouldn't have forgotten her child either. Mm-hmm. And that's that on that. You know, I feel I recently directed uh, The Color Purple here in San Antonio. And it was the first black, all-black cast that they had at that theater. It was the first time they had a black director. And it was the Texas premiere of that show in uh um as as in it's never been put on by a theater here in Texas it has come through here on a tour but it's never been put on by a theater here in Texas and so i truly felt the fever and i said okay this is something that i have to do and um I'm going to do it. And I just know that it's going to be astounding. And it was. People were saying that it was better than the Broadway production. And the thing that they said the Broadway production didn't do was move them. Didn't move them. It wasn't emotional enough. You know, and I'm not going to badmouth the Broadway production, but I will say I do understand what they are saying. You know, a lot of the scenes were fast. Um, you know, it was very bland and dry and coloring wise. And that was what they went. They wanted. They wanted to strip down. But my thing is, is that if you're going to strip something down, you need to fill it up with something as well. And so when we did the color purple, um, I wanted to use fabric to represent blood and fabric to represent the curse. And you see how 
many people will play, you know, the color purple as, you know, this black churchy, you know, show, you know, with literal weapons and literal elements and just very literal, very much like the movie, you know. I said absolutely not because there are themes here. There are spirits here that these people are trying to navigate through. So we use fabric and people were giving birth. We demonstrated birth with red fabric being pulled up and out. We had people slung around the stage, Seely in particular, by this red fabric that represented toxic masculinity and rather supremacy. Um, we had these boxes that they all stood on. The boxes were weapons. They were seats. They were beds. Um, they were baskets. Okay. Um, and it was an example of how um, society tries to box God in and box you in and box us in and box women and men and, and people in, you know, and color, 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 color. Color is visual emotion, okay? Color is, is I mean, it evokes not just on a psychological level, but a spiritual level. So that's something, like I said earlier, is very pivotal in my art, and I really wanted to bring that and capture those moments and canvas those moments because as an artist, especially from a theater director perspective, every second that the audience is witnessing your work, it should be a moment. You should be able to take a picture and the people should be wowed. Yes, they should be. And they were. <laughs> and they were. Nina Simone said that the job of the artist is to reflect the times. And... um that, of course, varies on which part of time you are operating in, um, which side of history you're operating in. And I seek to tell stories of heart, stories of soul, stories of complications, stories of, you know, I thought that this would be like this and it has absolutely nothing to do with this because that's just like the spirit. You think you make friends with somebody here for this reason and it'd be a completely different reason. <laughs> You'll be like, oh, this led to this happening and that, this, that, and the third and all this. Yes, I feel like art should do that too. I feel that. And some of y'all don't know this about me, but, you know, I used to ghostwrite for um, battle rappers in Texas. Oh, God, I know. I used to battle rap, battle rap, ghostwrite for battle rappers in Texas. And um, so I have a lot of layers to me, a lot of layers, and that's why, you know, I am learning and opening up more to show and demonstrate all these layers of me because I live, I live for it. I live for the art. And art and spirit go hand in hand. And when I tell people that I used to write for battle rappers, they're like, Darcel, you have head wraps on. 
you're talking about peace and spirit and manifestation, like battle rap. Oh, yes. I'm like, don't y'all know I have bars? Are you kidding me? Of course I have bars. Like, it's me. (laughs) It's me. Of course, I got bars. What else did I have if it wasn't bars? (laughs) And so I plan to demonstrate some of that, you know, on my YouTube and whatnot. The last reason why I think that art is a spiritual expression is because as soon as what I call the anti-energy, some people call it the devil, some people call it bad vibes, some people call it negativity. I say the anti-energy. What the anti-energy tries to do, as soon as the emotions are attacking you, life becomes overwhelming, all of that anti-energy negative thoughts come up, the first thing you do is stop creating. You stop creating. Yes, that's why it's called anti-energy. Energy is life, it's moving. Anti-energy is the absence of life, the absence of movement, and the absence of creation. So art is a spiritual thing, y'all. I don't care what you believe in, what you practice, what you do or don't do, whatever form of art you do or you partake in, just know that it's a spirit here. It's a spirit in the portraits. It's a spirit in the paintings. It's a spirit in the music. It's a spirit in everything because the spirit is in all, is all, with all, next to all. It's in everything. And if the spirit is in you, then you too are everything. Perhaps that's why I used everything a lot in this episode. Everything. Remember that. You, me, we, we are everything. I like that.